As a believer, reading God's Word is a critical part of your daily spiritual journey. And because it's so important, we've created a unique new resource to help you immerse yourself in biblical truth and open your eyes to all God's Word has for you. It's a free PDF download called The Word One-to-One that takes you on a guided journey through John chapter one. With biblical text and short commentary, each page provides insights that will strengthen your faith in an easy to read guided format. There's truly no other resource like this. Download your free PDF copy today at premierinsight.org forward slash resources. That's premierinsight.org forward slash resources. Understand, defend, and share your faith with confidence. This is Unapologetic from Premier Unbelievable. Welcome to Unapologetic, helping you to understand, defend, and share your faith with confidence. I'm Ruth Jackson, and I want to wish you a very happy new year. Before we hear from today's guest, just a quick reminder to head over to our website, premierunbelievable.com, to find more shows, articles, and resources. And if you register or sign up for our newsletter there, you can get yourself a free ebook. I also want to tell you about our new online apologetics course, Science, Faith and the Evidence for God with Professor John Lennox. We're currently running a discount on the course, but hurry because the discount runs out today, Wednesday the 4th of January. It includes nearly four hours of video material with John Lennox, Emeritus Professor of Mathematics and Philosophy of Science at Oxford University. The course is led by Justin Briley of Premier Unbelievable, and it includes questions and assignments to help ground your learning. To celebrate the launch of the course, we're offering a 30% discount, but you'll have to be quick because the offer ends today, Wednesday the 4th of January. So enroll now at premierunbelievable.com Lennox and learn how to make sense of science, faith and the evidence for God. And now for today's show. As we start a new year, I wanted to share a story of someone who came to find new life in Jesus. Today, I'm joined by Pedro Garcia, who came to faith at a pumpkin party. Pedro is a translator and founder of apologetics ministry, Ask and Wonder. Pedro, what was your experience of God as a child? Because you didn't grow up a Christian, did you? Yeah, I grew up in Spain, although I live now in Nashville, Tennessee, in the United States. And um, I would say Spain is a very secular country in the way people live their lives in general. Although, of course, there, there are Catholic churches everywhere. It's very nominalistic, though. So, I mean, um, in my family, my father had some experiences with uh, uh, some churches that were both Catholic and also um, Protestant. Um, not very good experiences uh, overall. And then my uncle and uh, cousin are Jehovah Witnesses. And then my brother, my oldest brother, has a passion for, uh, we could call it ufology or anything related to life on other planet. Well, uh, what this says, um, whether it being true or false, it just says that we're, in, we're part of a family that we're interested in the big questions. So that's kind of... That's the kind of uh, the you know the environment in which I, I grew. Um, then, um, even though I studied music, my passion was always related again to the big questions. I would have liked to study philosophy, but it was more like in the music realm when I found uh, kind of a way to 
let's call it like this escape uh, way to communicate things about myself that I couldn't put into words. And uh, that's kind of, um, I mean, that's kind of the, the environment. I had uh, a few conversations with uh, some Catholic priests in my Catholic school that were interesting. At the same time, uh, when I started pushing uh, a little bit uh, forward concerning certain questions I had uh, about the existence of God and other uh, issues, I, I I I don't want to say the questions were avoided, but it's kind of that they were not they they were not bringing attention to those questions as much as I would have liked to. I mean, I was asking uh, those questions while being, you know, 10, 11 years old. So mm -hmm. perhaps they thought, well, it is okay, just do this and that. And of course, uh, um, uh, as a disclaimer, I think that's the way you say it in English. This doesn't say anything about the Catholic Church, just my experience with it. Yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, at one point, I, th I think it was 13 when I decided just to, uh, to leave the faith. So I spent many years... Uh, being, I would say, an agnostic slash atheist. And you were an agnostic in Spain. What took you to the States? Well, so um, I started uh, uh, studying music when I was th uh, 13, and um, it, it specifically the saxophone. And at one point, um, you know, I was studying and doing everything I was supposed to do. I was doing it uh, fairly well. But I've always had this drive in, in, within me, like, what can I do with it that is, you know, that goes beyond what is expected uh, for me? And that's when I started just doing some research on how to how to make different sounds with the saxophone, how to explore the connection that the saxophone and I could bring together. And I started just developing, I would say, a very personal way to play the saxophone in which you involve different sounds at the same time and polyphony and all of this. And uh, uh, long story short, I ended up going to a, the, a show called Spain's Got Talent, which is, you know, the British, Britain's mm -hmm. Got Talent version, but in Spain. Um, and I got to the finals. That was in 2008, which uh, now I'm saying it, still don't believe that that happened to me. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, I, I did that. I was playing my own music, very avant-garde. And, and that allowed me uh, to travel all around the world. And, uh, you know, they invited me to play and to teach many universities uh, in Europe, Japan, um, in, in America too. And they invited me to be a guest professor at MTSU, an university here in Tennessee. And um, uh, that's, that's the way I got here to the States. At that point, my English wasn't that good. I, Okay, so you were in Tennessee playing the saxophone and uh, a pumpkin carving party was sort of the beginning <laughs> of your journey towards God, wasn't it? Would you say a yeah. bit about that? Because that's not everyone's story, really. Yeah, is it, yeah, it is, it is strange. Um, it is strange. So, yeah, what happens is that 10 years ago, my English wasn't, wasn't good at all. I mean, I understood some uh, things, but I couldn't express myself well. So what, the first thing I, I, I did when I came here was to connect with a, with a company that was teaching Spanish, thinking, hey, perhaps we could do a language exchange. I'll help you, you help me. And the owner of this company introduced me to her sister, and, and her sister is my wife today. So that, that's a cool connection there. But something interesting, my, my wife, um, my wife uh, was and is a Christian at that point, and uh, my father-in-law was a Bible translator, uh, he passed away five years ago 
and then uh, you know an expert on Aramaic, Hebrew, and Greek. And for the first time, I had an opportunity to actually ask the big questions to a person that was uh, that had been studying uh, scripture and uh, translating the original original language and history and theological history as well. So that was very interesting uh, to me. And that's when I started asking questions. Um, and I just want to, to say something about this. When I became uh, a Christian, something that I, that I would say that the, the, the right word to, to express this, Ruth would say, kind of annoyed me a little bit is, <laughs> wow, did I become a Christian only because the, the girl I liked was a Christian? <laughs> and then, and then, you know, with, with having conversations with friends, with atheists, and then I realized, oh, there's something called the genetic fallacy. And I'm so glad that it existed because <laughs> <laughs> uh, it doesn't matter the way you, uh, well, it, it, it matters in certain ways, of course, but the, the veracity of the Christian faith or any faith uh, or any non-faith even <laughs> doesn't, doesn't depend on the way we get to, to, to know it. So that, that was mm-hmm. important for me because of my continual analysis that I keep doing of the Christian faith. So that was the way I started is, you know, exploring the big questions with my, with, uh, especially with my father-in-law. So everyone else is sort of carving pumpkins, making Halloween decorations, and you're there what, at the back of the room just discussing the Aramaic interpretations of scripture <laughs> with your father-in-law. <laughs> yeah, well, what happens, and uh, perhaps, well, it, it, I just mixed uh, like two things at the same time, but I'll tell you exactly what happened. So I was invited to this um, uh, uh, carving uh, pumpkin carving party I still don't know how to say which which can you just break it down to the Brits here who have never heard of anything like that we sort of dabble with Halloween but what is a pumpkin carving party yeah so uh, people meet and they just make designs out out of pumpkins and then they place uh, small candles inside and when at night those candles that just reflect the design through the light so that people can see them. It's actually pretty fun. When I was there as a Spaniard, I th- the first thing I thought is, well, we eat them. We don't make designs out yeah. of them. We eat them all. And what happened, Ruth, uh, in this uh, situation is that uh, Rebecca, that's her name. I, I, say, I call her Rebecca. <laughs> so mm-hmm. Rebecca was there and she was just helping me continually, continual, continual help and help and help and help and help. I wasn't even asking for the help, but the help was coming for such, from such an innocent and super open-minded place. And that was when I started just uh, seeing something in her and actually some of her friends as well. Like, they're so nice. They're so, they just, they really care about me having a good experience. And, um, you know, to be honest with you, even though I care about the intellectual side of, of Christianity, that is not that is not the main way I would say people get to know the Lord, uh, we worship the Lord through the mind, of course. But when you see the things that he did on the cross for us, and when you see that reflection of people that believe in him, in the way they conduct and behave in the world, that is that is a great testimony of what he did when he was alive and then died and resurrected for us. So, well, um, that was kind of the way. We were just there and uh, Rebecca was helping and it was having such a such a good uh, time. And that was the beginning of a journey. I just didn't know actually that Rebecca was going to become my wife or anything. So 
And how did it go from just those initial conversations, you know, Rebecca and her family being kind to you, to then thinking, oh, actually, there's truth in this and these big questions that I've been having for ages that no one's really helped me to answer. I'm able to find answers to that. You know, how did, that's quite a jump, isn't it, from yeah. Oh, yeah. a pumpkin oh, yeah. carving party to <laughs> now I'm a Christian. Talk, talk us yeah. through a little bit of that. Mm. So what happened? Uh, what happened was is that when when we started hanging out together, I did ask her directly. So um, what do you think about? Because that's actually what I do. It might sound weird, but I just like talking about the big questions. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about? You know, I don't know <laughs> reality. Why do we exist and all of this? And that's when she actually told me directly. Yeah, I'm a Christian. And my first reaction, um, I remember it. My first reaction was internal and external. The feeling was very strong because of my experience in Spain. Mm. But then I, ver- I verbalized it even. I, uh, my first reaction was, oh, no. <laughs> Christianity again. Oh, no. You know? But then, uh, I mean, the way, the way they were treating me, it was undeniable. I, it reminds me of this uh, beautiful verse of the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians. Mm. After the fruits of the Spirit, Paul says, uh, there's no law against these things. Like when you see goodness, there's just there's no way to deny it. And that was my position. I, this is just good and I cannot deny it. And since I like the big questions, I just wanted to know uh, the place from the uh, from where these uh, uh, the, from this be, from where this behavior originates. And. I just started asking questions and questions and questions. That's when uh, Rebecca told me, I think you, I should introduce you to my, you know, to my father, who is mm. a Bible translator. And for me, Ruth, out of my complete and utter ignorance was, you cannot be, this is all ignorance, of course. Now yeah. I realize uh, you cannot be a Christian and be intelligent. You know, yes. that's the type of things that you gr- you grow up with yeah. and all these things. And I just, it was me just uh, detaching all of these veils that were just covering my eyes. Because, you know, at least after all these conversations, after studying a little bit of uh, how Western civilization developed uh, through philosophical or scientific thinking, uh, you, I mean, you could still say that believing in God is irrational. I do believe that the belief in God is actually one of the mo- most rational thoughts that there, there, there are. Whether it is true or not, then, okay, that's another conversation to have. And that's where I got first. I, I After talking to my father-in-law, whose name, by the way, is uh, Dr. Was, Dr. Stanley Morris, he was kind of saying, well, Pedro, I understand all your questions, but you need to understand that this is just not... A random thoughts that we're just putting together. These thoughts have been developing for years, centuries, and even millennia. And uh, there are many philosophers and people that didn't believe in God that actually interacted with these ideas in, with, in such respectful ways. I was so excited. I really wanted to know about everything and how everything started forming in my worldview. You're listening to Unapologetic from Premier Unbelievable. Now, there would be some people listening who think that Halloween is evil and we shouldn't be engaging with it at all. I mean, what would you say to someone like that? Because obviously it was a really integral part of your journey, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, I respect uh, my brothers and sisters that uh, have a problem with it. I just uh, go back to always uh, the first letter of the Corinthians and the chapter 
in Romans in which uh, Paul talk about this. You know, if something causes a problem from a bro- for a brother or sister, then I, I do respect that, and I wouldn't celebrate anything in front of a person that is having a problem with it. The thing about all of this is that when you filter everything through the cross, uh, at least for me, everything kind of loses its meaning because the meaning is on the cross. So mm. at, when we celebrate Halloween, we're truly not celebrating anything. It's just a, a tradition in which you do certain things, you eat candy, you talk about this and that. But it's actually the meaning of what, you, what your conscience is telling you in the moment. So... I do respect my brothers and sisters that have a problem with it. There's no problem at all. When I when I'm part of a you know Halloween party, Ruth or anything like that, my conscience is not telling me anything that is going against uh, our beauty, you know, the beauty of the Lord or anything that has done in, in life. So I'm okay with it. So you went from a pumpkin carving party to then getting into apologetics. What what was your kind of, obviously, you know, your father-in-law was kind of the beginning of that journey. How Mm -hmm. did you end up engaging with apologetics? Where did that come from? So, um, uh, I mean, when I became a Christian, uh, in in terms of scripture, it was the Sermon of the Mount, Ruth, Mm -hmm. the the one that really blew me away. Like, it just, uh, wow. Oh, well, um, so I became a Christian. I am becoming, I'm in the process of becoming a Christian every day. It's not a process that has a beginning and an end the same day that you, that you had to do it. But well, so I'm so interested about the big questions in life that I said, wow, I really want to go through history and read as much as I can. Mm. So I did a, a small survey in philosophy, also science, and just learning from people that know way more than I do about everything and thinkers. And I love interacting with people that think differently from the way I do because I want to challenge my faith on a, on a daily basis, which, by the way, I don't think it is a good thing uh, to do for uh, all Christians. Yeah. Um, this is... Uh, uh, and the reason why I say this is because there's there's a p- parts of ministry that I know I don't have the wisdom to to deal with every day either. Mm-hmm. So I understand that there there are people at my church that, for example, go to very dangerous neighborhoods uh, every single day. And for for example, I don't have that. I, I don't have that. That's the beauty of the body of Christ. Mm. I don't have a problem to be in front of uh, a room full of atheists and, and just ha- having a conversation. And I don't feel anything if they... Uh, this doesn't happen to me much, by the way. I do have very nice uh, atheist friends. But <laughs> even the mocking or mm. if that happens, like that doesn't cause me to suffer. You know, so that's okay. the beauty of, um, of the body of Christ. But well, going back to your question. So... All this journey for me was um, um, uh, you know, in investigating uh, questions and uh, realizing that there are answers for them, realizing that, uh, that sometimes there are no, no answers for our questions. I think that's a biblical thing, too, that no one knows what God has done from beginning to end. That's mm. a beautiful verse from Ecclesiastes, too. Um, so... Justin Briley, I think you you happen to know him pretty well. <laughs> a little bit, just a little bit. <laughs> yes. I've heard of him. <laughs> I just found his podcast. And when I saw the way he was doing it, I thought, I I don't know how. I don't know when. I don't know who. I don't know which. I don't know anything. 
but I kind of want to do the same thing because this verse, um, um, uh, Ruth from the Sermon of the Mount, blessed are the peacekeepers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That resonates with me so much. I want to bring peace through conversation. And even though I'm not an atheist anymore, I realize as a human being, I have so many things that I share with my friends, atheists, yeah. you know. So even though uh, in terms of the big questions we differ, there's so many things that unite us. So I just want to bring, you know, people together. And that's what I do. And I was complete, completely um, indirectly mentored by Justin, by hearing what he does and the way he treats guests. So... I just started studying. I just started learning and asking questions. And then uh, now I do. Uh, uh, I bring together Christians and non-Christians in live events to uh, to have these conversations. Sometimes I participate as the moderator or as the Christian speaker. I love doing it. So, yeah, let's talk a little bit about that. So Unbelievable, the podcast and radio show is kind of the inspiration for your own yep. ministry, Ask and Wonder. Yeah. Um, yeah, just tell us a little bit about that. What are some of the things that you get up to? What are some of the big questions that you find yeah. coming up again and again? Yeah, yeah. Interesting because um, uh, in, in a recent trip uh, to to Spain, um, I I organized kind of, uh, it's called like uh, Ask a Christian Anything, which by the way, was also um, inspired by Unbelievable. And you, you, you guys, uh, you guys' team, because you, I think Justin used to call it uh, roast a Christian or something like that. Yeah, grill, grill, grill. There you go. Yeah. So grill a Christian. Yeah. So I think that that is also such a beautiful thing to do, and I do those things live. I do those things live. But one, so usually what I do is to moderate conversations between Christians and non-Christians. Um, Questions differ. That's why I was mentioning the, 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 the fact that I was in Spain. Culturally, mm. yeah, questions change so much. In Spain, they ask you questions about the Catholic Church all the time. Mm, mm. Here in the States, atheists, um, this is generalizations, of course, but many atheists talk about a pain in the church because they, they grow up in an environment in which there, there are churches on every corner in, in the yeah. city. So they talk about interactions with, with churches or things that happen to them. So, uh, yeah, uh, questions change depending on, on, on culture. Because uh, um, as we recognize that there are different de denominations and people that think differently about certain, way, uh, certain um, aspects of Christianity, atheism also changes depending from, uh, depending from where the, the, this atheism originates completely. Yeah. So... Yeah. Uh, these conversations uh, tackle questions uh, about, you know, theology or philosophy, but not like questions that are super abstract. I always try to bring these questions to day, daily routines or daily behavior so that people yeah. can connect with them, you know. So uh, some of the questions uh, are, for example, um, God's existence and what it means to the way we, um, we uh, interact with each other. Um, science and faith is huge here, um, here in the South. I mean, I would say in all country, but here in the South, it's it's huge as well. Yeah. And uh, questions about uh, sexuality, redefinition of sexuality, abortion, and yeah. all these questions are very prevalent. I mean, you obviously had all sorts of questions when you were growing up, but was there one sort of prevailing question that kept niggling at you? Yes. 
Um, I do remember that uh, in terms of scripture, Ruth, the first question I asked my father-in-law, actually remember it, uh, was uh, why is it that the God of the Old Testament seemed to be so judgmental mm. and then Jesus seems to be so graceful? And of course, uh, after you, you read scripture and then you see that Jesus is actually opening very uh, widely about the the um the reality of hell and um i i'm, I'm aware of uh you know even though there are many uh, certain ways to understand what hell is just the, the 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 reality of it it's almost like okay there seems to be some consistency mm. like for example the the verse in hosea i don't remember exactly the the chapter but um but he says uh, god says i i don't want sacrifices i want mm. mercy so you can see mercy you can see you can see God just throughout the scripture. But that those are the questions that we ask, you know, without knowledge, which are, by the way, good questions. We need to keep asking them. But I would say that was that was a big one. And uh, another one that I find very interesting is, you know, through the through the scientific method, we're, we're trying we're actually finding the way the universe operates. Hmm. But then how would do we take the operation or the functioning of the world to the point of, hey, but this actually has been created, you know? Yeah. So that question was big for me as well. But now uh, I'm resting in it. And I, yeah. And I guess it's, it's sort of that constant grappling, isn't it, with, yeah, we have got answers to some of our questions, but actually there are some questions that we won't ever have the answer to, yes. or we'll, we'll get yes. a little bit, but sort of holding that intention. Yeah. And Pedro, as we come to the end of the episode, if you could take yourself back to kind of teenage Pedro in Spain, knowing everything that you've learned along the way, is there anything that you would tell yeah. your teenage self, do you think? Hmm... You know, I've I've wondered about this uh, quite a lot. What would I say to my to to myself when I was that young? I, I mean, sometimes I go, "Oh, Pedro, you should have studied this or done that." But everything that I did brought me to the point to mm. to this moment of being here with you. So I don't want to change anything. But um, you guys, uh, a premier, you guys say it all the time. There are many ministries also doing it, but um, all and um curiosity like the 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 adventure the setting of of the uh, in the adventure of uh, just asking questions mm. continually uh, uh theologically i would say without having the expectation to uh to even even if we get the answer to actually understand this um that is that is what what i would say to to my old self just keep asking questions please please don't stop Please don't stop. And if you find a group of people that are, are doing that, please hang out with them more, mm. you know? So because the asking questions, Ruth, is making me have such a good experience with my Christian faith. Pain hurts, but then pain brings hope only because I, I, I keep asking questions about what he did on the cross mm. and so on and so forth. So I, I just keep asking questions, please. That's a great bit of advice for anyone, isn't it, Pedro? Yeah. <laughs> Keep asking questions. And it's, it's something that you do through your own ministry, uh, Ask yeah. and Wonder. And we'll have links to Pedro's amazing ministry at the bottom of this podcast. But thank you so much for joining us today, Pedro. 
Thank you for listening to Unapologetic with me, Ruth Jackson. And I want to wish you a very happy new year. As always, you can find out more about our guests with the links with today's show. And please do let us know what you think of the programme by emailing unbelievable at premier.org.uk or by getting in touch on social media. Before we go, just a reminder about our new online apologetics course, Science, Faith and the Evidence for God with John Lennox. We're currently running a discount on the course, but hurry because the discount runs out today, Wednesday the 4th of January. It includes nearly four hours of video material with John Lennox, Emeritus Professor of Mathematics and Philosophy of Science at Oxford University. The course is led by Justin Briley of Premier Unbelievable, and it includes questions and assignments to help ground your learning. To celebrate the launch of the course, we're offering a 30% discount, but you'll have to be quick because the offer ends today, Wednesday the 4th of January. So enrol now at premierunbelievable.com slash Lennox and learn how to make sense of science, faith and the evidence for God. Thank you for listening and join us next week. You've been listening to Unapologetic. For more shows, resources and our newsletter, visit premierunbelievable.com.